0: are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. This past weekend, we, um... We had a special event for our district, and uh, that happened in Moncton on Friday and Saturday. And uh, it was the Equip Conference. We had a large group uh, from our church that are involved in all the daughter works, and this assembly attend that um, event. And uh, it was a a great showing from across our whole district uh, that was at that event. And um, the speakers for that event were Brother and Sister Anthony Enns, from Vancouver, uh, and they did lots of um, teaching on leadership principles, ministry principles. And uh, also uh, in that event was uh, Brother and Sister Flowers, Dr. Flowers, and uh, they're from Texas. And they're with us this morning, and we're absolutely blessed to have them with us in Mission Point this morning. And uh, it was just um, a few short years ago that I met Brother Flowers for the first time, and um, they know my sister well, which is uh, also a wonderful blessing. Um, but we met them for the first time in, um, in Texas at an event, and I knew right from that event that these were wonderful people. I get to sit with his dad on the general board uh, at headquarters, so um, get to know his dad quite well as, as well, and he's the superintendent of the district there in Texas. And so we're blessed to have with us, brother and sister Flowers this morning, they were able to stay over. And um, brother Flowers is the pastor of Emmanuel Pentecostal Church, has been the pastor um, at that church since 2014, served as the assistant pastor before that, from 2012 with the youth pastor before that. So he's worked his way all the way through uh, the church. And um, in 2020, he transitioned to become the senior pastor of Emmanuel Pentecostal Church, and uh, he works closely, obviously, with his pastoral team and leadership of that church, has a Master of Arts in Counseling, is a licensed professional counselor, and has a Ph.D. in leadership, and they have three wonderful children, and uh, Jaden, Kira, and Chandler, and um, uh, obviously, they're still home. Um, but we have Brother and Sister Flowers with us for this day. We have a very special event that will be happening tonight. You won't want to miss tonight, I'm telling you. You will not want to miss tonight. So if you have other plans, you change them right now uh, and be in the house of the Lord. It will be a great time here tonight. But we're blessed this morning to have with us Brother and Sister Flowers, and he's going to come and, and um, minister to us the word of the Lord this morning. Brother Flowers, thank you for joining us at Mission Point today. Would you welcome him this morning? Amen. such an honor
1: to get to be with you. Praise the Lord everybody. He is worthy. Amen. It is such an honor to get to be with you and uh, uh, that's quite an introduction and I hope I live up to it. But I am very excited that my wife and my teammate is with me today. Last weekend we celebrated 17 years of marriage and... uh, Brother Carter, the the best decision that I ever made was to live for the Lord. Obey Acts 2.38 and walk with Him. But the second best decision I made was to ask this beautiful young lady to marry me. And I would like her to just greet you today.
2: And I said yes. (laughs) It is such a privilege and honor to be in the house of the Lord, period. But to be in Canada with... This Canadian congregation, this is my first time to really, really be in Canada. The airport doesn't count. But you know what? I, I'm blessed to just be in, in the body of Christ. But I love to celebrate the being in the body with other members of the body. And when the Bible says that we are all fitly joined together, I love to come into worship and realize, you know what? He doesn't need me. But he wants me. And I am so honored to be a part of the body. And so I am so grateful that your pastor and and superintendent and his wife asked us to come because we got to be with you as well today. God bless you.
1: I told the conference yesterday, if y'all, in in referring to your pastor, if y'all could just. Help brother Carter learn to smile more and be a little more pleasant. It would, he might really go somewhere. <laughs> I told him, I said, I don't. I think you're the most pleasant person I've ever met. I've never seen him frown. He's always just so so positive. And of course, sister Carter, uh, we we are so honored to get to be with you. And I honor your pastor, your leadership here, brother, sister Robertson. And of course, I've gotten to meet. Uh, but Sister Carter's children and their grandchildren, and and if if there's any compliment I could give your pastor, it's this: is that having now been with him the last few days, Brother Carter smells like sheep. Because a shepherd that didn't truly love their congregation wouldn't know much about them or spend time with them. But I'm telling you, I, I'm convinced. Now I'm biased about my church. But as far as I'm convinced, this has got to be the next best church out there because of how well he talks about you. Your shepherd, your pastor, loves you very, very much, amen. And uh, and and you can just that just bleeds out of him by how he talks to you. The reference, the course, the the richness of this church and, and the congregation and and uh, and so you have great leadership here, amen. If you'll stand for the reading of the word, I want to read from. The book of 1 John, we've been doing a series on our midway, I heard you talk about you're doing a series on Leviticus and Hebrews, and we've been doing a series on the book of 1 John, and I, I love to study, when I study the word and, and all, and, and I give honor to the Hanscoms, and and, and, uh, and and it's so nice to get to be with them, and my parents have known the Hanscoms for many, many years, and uh, so I give you honor as well, brother and sister Hanscom, and but I will tell you, I, whenever I study the Word, I, I, like to, I like to know the context of what's, what was going on when the writers wrote these, these epistles. What were they dealing with? It's not like today where you can just swap out your phone and shoot a text message or jump on Facebook and say something that later you wish <laughs> that maybe you regretted. <laughs> but when they wrote, it, there was a lot of careful thought that went in. There was purpose in what was said. There was, there was reason and intentionality. And so I I I feel that this texan has a word from the Lord for you today. Amen. And and I've and i I've not i not been around too long, but I've I've done this long enough to just know that if if you'll preach with me, I'm a lot shorter winded. Amen. If you'll if you'll amen me, I, otherwise if it gets quiet, I don't think you're hearing me, and I have to just keep going on and on and on. And we don't none of us want that, do we? Amen. Praise God. But I'm going to read to you just the first chapter. It's ten verses. Ten verses. First John chapter one, and it and in beginning of verse one, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says this: That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes Is not yes the truth is not in us if we confess our sins verse nine he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us amen praise God if there's anything I've learned about the word of the Lord is that is this it is full of promises. But in order to receive the promises, this is not a name-it-and-claim-it-blab-it-and-grab-it type thing here. There's a premise to every promise. Hallelujah. In Matthew 6.33 when it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, there's a promise that you're going to get everything if you'll seek Him first. There's a premise to every promise. Well, we have a premise here at the very end in verse 10 that says if we say that we have not sinned and we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. Well, I want to kind of flip that around because the promise, the premise is, is that if, if we're not honest with ourselves and, and, and we're not living righteously that His Word's not in us, so I want to look at then, that means that if there are things that we do that throughout the chapter John gives us, and this is the title of my message then His Word will be in us. And so I want to preach to you today, by the help of the Lord, that His Word in us. I want His Word in me. I want His Word in my life. Hallelujah. And if God will help me before it's over today, if there's any doubters, I hope to convince you, you want His Word in your life. Amen. If you promised to preach with me today, would you shout Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. He is so good. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you know the same Spirit of God that was working in the churches when John wrote this letter? It's here today. Hallelujah, praise God, that same miracle working God that was at work during John's time is here today. Hallelujah, it's just as alive. Hallelujah, he's not lost any power. Hallelujah, and we need to determine we're not going to leave here the same way that we walked in. Hallelujah, everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated. I feel the Holy Ghost in here today. Amen. 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 Why would John write this? You see, John, this, this letter, this epistle from John, of course, by the time John wrote this, theologians believe that this letter would have probably been written in the early to mid-A.D. 90's. Perhaps as early as the late A.D. 80's. But by this time, John is quite an elderly man. John is the last remaining living apostle. He would be the only apostle to not die a martyr's death. And John is writing, when you you study John and the glimpses that we get, you know, he was known as John the Beloved. John was, I I, I picture in my mind when we talk about John and and you see, you know, John John was part of Jesus' inner circle. And John was certainly a lot kinder than Peter was. Peter was kind of gruff, Peter didn't have a filter. But John was so, I I pictured John being the kind that on the day when the miracles were happening and and they were feeding the 5,000, I I see Peter kind of just in his gruffness, of course he was probably hungry too like the rest of them, that you know, the miracles are happening he's, he's giving out bread and suddenly there's more there and they're feeding and miracles are happening but I can, I can see Peter being the type that he's kind of like you know you're feeding these fish and you're just, he's thinking out loud wouldn't there just be some tartar sauce or something couldn't there be Lord is this all there is really my goodness you're gonna make these people suffer and John's over here and and while some are complaining John's over here saying look what the Lord has done Brother, sister, look, isn't this so good that in this desert place that God is providing? John, John was pleasant. He's like your pastor. Of course, by the time we read this writing, probably wrote this epistle, they believe, from Ephesus. By this point in time, in John's later years, he was living in Ephesus. And he writes this letter. What's unique about it is is that there's no, unlike Paul, that would begin his letters addressing who it is. Like, you read in the book of Galatians, chapter 1, verse 1, Paul's just very upfront. Paul an apostle, not a man, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ. Paul identifies who he is right from the beginning. But here, John does not address who he is. So then the question, well, how do we know it's John? Well, as you read along, you can see that it's obvious that the readers his intended audience would have known who he was especially by the tone that he takes you jump to chapter 2 and and you can read right away he he addresses in first John chapter 2 my little children these things I write to you he clearly had a relationship with his writers or with his readers and of and John was writing clearly his style of writing. Everybody that would have been listening, if he'd have been attending one of those churches in Ephesus or in Asia Minor when this letter was circulating, and as they were reading it, uh, the audience would have said, oh, yep, that's John. Mm-hmm. Yep, the wording, the way he said it, That, yep, that's John. John would have been a very elderly man at this point in time. And though John, known as John the Beloved, what's normally so kind and sweet and gentle... There's a tone in this letter. It's a pastoral tone. It's those times when the pastor has to deal with something. Very direct. And he's writing. He doesn't waste time. Because you see, there was a problem happening in the churches, particularly in Asia Minor, that for whatever reason, John decided it's bad enough. I need to write a letter and address these issues. You see, there were there were there was this new new ideology this new doctrine that was formulating just 60 years after the time of Christ the church was barely 60 years old at this point in time and yet already even then there had begun to be false teachers rise up and they were they were spreading things and teaching things that were that were contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ and contrary to all that that the apostles had been teaching, and 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 one of the biggest things that that was that was, and it was influenced by Greek philo- philosophers such as Plato, and that is this ideology called Gnosticism. Gnosticism, G N O T I S M, Gnosticism, and and Gnosticism. It basically at its at its root, Gnosticism has has has. Uh, At its root, the meaning of that flesh is evil and spirit is good. Flesh is evil, spirit is good. What's dangerous is it's not completely untrue. The Bible says we're all born in sin. So flesh left Left all by itself, yeah, it, it in its carnality can be, and it takes the spirit of God coming into us to 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 walk with Him to to gain that revelation to understand according to His Word and being led by His Spirit to to overcome sin. But at its root, in its simplicity, it may not seem so bad. But the human spirit, human carnality, was beginning to take it to levels that were completely way off course. For example. There were false teachers that were buying into this philosophy of Gnosticism and trying to interweave it with some of the teachings of Jesus Christ. And one of the things that they had gotten out of it was was, was the, the fact that Jesus must not have been real flesh. Because if he was God, remember, flesh is evil, spirit is good. If he is God, then how could he be really flesh? If he, if, he died, if, if he was to save us from our sins as the Messiah, how could He really be flesh? So, in essence, they were basically arguing that what we would call, they were saying that Jesus was a modern day hologram. You just saw Him and interacted with Him. You could hear Him, but it wasn't real flesh. And can I tell you, the devil doesn't have any new tools in his toolbox. That still cycles around. My my uncle David Flowers was a missionary in, in South Africa in the early 2000s. And in the early 2000s, there was a false doctrine that was sweeping through many African nations called the divine flesh doctrine. Brother Carter, you remember the divine flesh doctrine? And it was basically the same thing, that, that he had divine flesh, that it wasn't real flesh like you and I had. That was just 20 years ago or less. They were dealing with that just just some less than 60 years after the birth of the church. And then it carried on from there that if if that weren't bad enough, that just try to argue Jesus wasn't real, then they were trying to say too that, well, if flesh is evil and spirit is good, only spirit is good, then therefore, whatever you do in the flesh, as long as you have spirit, doesn't matter. Therefore, since flesh is always going to be evil, Whatever is done in the flesh, sin doesn't matter as long as you have His Spirit. So therefore, whatever you want to do in the flesh, you go on and do. You You see where false teaching, you see where deception can take you. And something hit this kind, sweet, elderly apostle. Something stirred up in John. And he decides to take pen to paper, pen to papyrus, I guess, and begins to write... On the scroll, something that's going to be circled around this letter, and he begins to write and to address these false teachings. Thank God for the apostles that gave us these letters, because even though John was addressing something all the way nearly two thousand years ago, how necessary it would be that we had his letter today. Hallelujah! Because he begins to he begins to write, and I and I want to read it again. That 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 he he begins to write and address the fact that he was an eyewitness. In fact, I give you that introduction to lead to this point, is that if what we're aiming for is that we're wanting God's Word in us. We can take from this text, these ten verses, that it gives us three things that we need to get God's Word in us. John gives us three things. Hallelujah. And he begins in the first four verses. He begins writing. And I want to read it again. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes. We have heard. Our eyes have seen. Which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. Can I tell you, you want to begin to get God's Word in your life? You need to get an experience with God. Hallelujah! Because when you get an experience with Him, Hallelujah! Praise God! Then nobody can take away or tell you differently from what you have experienced. Hallelujah! Praise God! There there are things in this life that, that you have to first learn about and study about before you get to experience. Amen! If, If you're going to drive a car, then you have to first take classes. You may have to read a book. You have to learn about the signals and what the signs mean. and You may even have to learn about the basics of the car. They're not going to just stick you out and say, okay, well, you drive for a little bit, and if you survive, then we'll give you a license. (laughs) i got a few people back home. I wonder if that's what they're doing. But but the law states you've got to understand it first before you get to experience it. There are, there are things in life that in order for you to do, you must first learn about. I'm so thankful. Y'all have a great Bible college here, but I'm so thankful that God does not require me to go to Bible college before I get to experience Him. Hallelujah! Praise God. In fact, one of the greatest things is that no matter where you're at in life, no matter how far from God you may be, hallelujah, no matter how bad your sin may be, what I'm so thankful for is that I didn't have to know all the Scriptures and I didn't have to understand everything to be able to come to an altar, to be able to get on my knees, Brother Carter, and to be able to repent of my sins and experience the forgiveness of God. I didn't have to understand everything yet hallelujah you get an experience with him John had an experience with Jesus Christ in fact those first four verses are full of statements that we have seen we were eyewitness we handled it hallelujah it was John that that he was it was John that was there on the Mount of Transfiguration he was there it was John that was there when when he saw the betrayal in the garden he was there at the foot of the cross when Jesus is hanging and, he, and, he, and basically he commissions John to take care of Mary his mother. John was there with Peter when they ran to the empty tomb. John saw with his own eyes that there was no body there. John was in that upper room with the 120. On the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell, John was there. John had seen too much. John had experienced too much. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can I tell you there's something in this apostolic life? There's something about living for God. Hallelujah. Brother Robertson, you can't try to you can't tell me this doesn't work. Hallelujah. You can't tell me this isn't real because I've seen too much with my own eyes. I've experienced the mercy and grace. Can I get an amen from somebody? I've experienced the mercy and the grace of God too much in my own life for somebody to tell me it's not real, it's not true. I'm sorry. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your breath. Hallelujah. Whether I'm down in Texas or I'm I'm here in St. John, it doesn't matter where we're at because the presence of God is here with us. Oh my, hallelujah, hallelujah, it's, it's amazing. He wrote in his gospel, John 16, 13, because ever when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, where he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Hallelujah, praise God. I'm thankful for an experience with him. I'm thankful to be full Of the Holy Ghost today. Amen. It's kind of like trying to tell a baby, a child, that that candy isn't sweet and their mouth is full of it. It's too late. (laughs) They've already experienced it. So our first thing is is that we can get an experience with Him. You want His Word in your life. You want His Word in you. You get it down in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You get an experience with him. But what's amazing about this, I've seen this happen. It's in every, it doesn't matter what the culture, it doesn't matter what the background, it doesn't matter the location. Hallelujah. I've seen this across the world is that everywhere the presence of God is moving, everywhere that his word is at work. The second thing is, John reveals to us, you want to get his word in you is that when we start getting an experience and we taste and see how good He is, we don't want to hoard it all to ourselves. But there's something in in us that when you mix the presence and Spirit of God with humanity, we want to share it with everybody else. Hallelujah. We We want everybody else to experience it. Because he says in verses 3 and 4 of First John 1, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. John wanted his readers to be full of joy. Because you see, false teachers had come in and had begun creating division. And had begun trying to pull away. Can I, tell you how, can, I, can I just tell you as a, as a, how, how to spot a false teacher? Can I just tell you how to spot a false teacher? Brother Robertson, would you come here real quick? Brother Robertson's not a false teacher. He's my guinea pig today, for an example. But if someone gets a hold of you, and they start rubbing shoulders with you, and they want to tell you, you know what, you come over here. You know what, we need to go out to eat. I want you to come to my house tonight. I've got some things to share with you now I know Pastor Carter has been preaching this and I I know what he says the Word of God says but but you know what? God's been showing me some things. And I, it's maybe not all be found in His Word. But, but there's this revelation that, that I want to share with you. and that, that Now, you don't need to tell Brother Carter and don't tell everybody else yet. You know what? That was happening 2,000 years ago. And it still happens today. Thank you, Brother Robinson. Can I tell you what you need to do when someone starts to hint that they've got a Word from God on something and it's not found in His Word? You need to run. You run as fast away as you can. You get back under your pastor. Hallelujah. Because what false teachers like to do, they like to weed and isolate away from the flock. They like, to, they like to pull away and isolate. And I'm going to tell you, if you ever find, they're there. False teachers still exist today. Hallelujah. But the way you know they're, try, they're around is that they try to pull us away from the body. Amen. Hallelujah. We know His word is getting in us because as His word begins to get in us, first we have an experience and we're learning about Him. The second thing that we see from Scripture is that we want it for everybody. Hallelujah. There's many things in life that humanity can be greedy and selfish over. Hallelujah. Money, possession, social status, lustful pleasures. It's human nature to want some of these things for just ourselves. Hallelujah. I mean, the reality is, I mean, if, if, I, if I haven't eaten food all day, if I'm on a fast, I, I wish I could tell you that I don't ever get hangry. Anybody ever get hangry? That's when you're hungry and angry. Amen. And if I've been on a fast and that first meal comes, I want my food. But we have to remember that the Word of God is to be shared with everybody. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is why when God begins to bless, when God does things for us, we sing songs like, You don't know like I know what He's done for me. You don't know like I know what He's done for me. Hallelujah. We hallelujah. We you know when when we have altar call, we don't we don't let people come alone. We come together. Hallelujah. When someone starts praying or is in need, we pray with them. Hallelujah. We do things together when when we have prayer chains to cover needs because we 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 do that because we don't want anybody living and walking this life alone. Hallelujah. That's not the way God intended. That's why He intended there to be a body of Christ. Hallelujah. United together. Hallelujah. Praise God. This wasn't just something you see in the letter of John, but the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament. You read Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. Jeremiah says this, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more of him. He was frustrated that the people weren't receiving it. But watch what he says. But his word was in my heart. Hallelujah. Like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding back and I could not. Hallelujah. When you get his word in your heart, you have to share it. Praise God. There's just something about it that we can't keep it hidden to ourselves. I want others to have it. He's done so much for me. I want others to experience His goodness and His grace. Praise God. And so naturally we share. We share His gospel. You read it verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from Him and declared to you that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. Hallelujah. If we say we have no fellowship in Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sins. Praise God. Hallelujah. For many of us that have lived for God so long, it's a good thing to revisit from time to time when everything was fresh. Praise God, I, 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 I'm glad that there are times when I just remember before maybe I got too sophisticated in my walk with God and before I, I got so polished in my walk with God to just remember when things were fresh and raw and I may not have understood everything, but I had a passion for Him because I knew what He was doing in my life and I could see the changes that were coming. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There, there has to be first a belief in Christ and faith that He can change you. Amen. You think about what John wrote. John seeing that some were being pulled away. Some were being deceived and carried off. And then there were those trying to argue, well, Jesus wasn't really real. And so he writes in the first part of this chapter, no, we we have seen it. I've been an eyewitness. I've seen too much when you remember that it was John that began to write probably the best description of Jesus Christ there ever was. In the first few verses of his Gospel, when he wrote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Hallelujah. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, hallelujah, whose name was John. Talking about John the Baptist. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of that light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on His name, hallelujah, which were born not, of blood nor of the will of flesh nor of the will of man but of god hallelujah and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us hallelujah praise god and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth you don't write that unless you know him personally john knew too much hallelujah praise god he wrote in verse 9 of 1 John 1, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. In his gospel verse 4, chapter 14 verses 19 through 20, he said this, A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live in you. And you will live also. And that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me. I'm coming to a close. But I want you to think about the fact, John, when he wrote this gospel, it was decades after the ministry of Christ on earth. But can you imagine? John was writing. He had heard Jesus speak these words. He had heard Jesus tell them, hey, I'm going to be going, but there's going to come a time that I'm going to live in you. It was John that wrote, as he's writing these words, hallelujah, remember, he was there when he heard Jesus speak these. He probably, like the rest of the disciples, didn't understand. What do you mean? You're going to live in me. You're standing right here in front of me. I don't understand. He was at the cross. He saw him die. He watched him bury him. He saw that he was raised from the dead. He saw him, he saw him before his ascension. He was there at his ascension, and then he was in that upper room. Can you imagine when everything began to click? Is John in that upper room? And as the Holy Ghost begins to fall, hallelujah, tongues like fire set upon all them, and the words of Jesus are quickened back to him. He said, because I live, you will live also. Hallelujah, and that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you and me, and I in you. And He writes it knowing, fully understanding. His Word is in me. I want His Word in me. Because you know, I wish I could tell you that after you repent of your sins, after you're baptized in the precious name of Jesus Christ, the only name that remits sin, it's the name that the disciples baptized in. I wish I could tell you that after you're filled with the Spirit, speaking in other tongues. I wish I could promise you that there'll never be any more problems. I wish I could tell you that the rest of life is just going to be wonderful bliss. But that's not what God intends. That's not in His created order. Because you see, His purpose and design is He wants you to be the light. Hallelujah. His Word said, now you are the light. Amen. And when His Word is alive in us. And there are times that the devil may throw things at us, or life just happens. Hallelujah. There are times when my faith may get challenged, Brother Carter, but you know what? His Word's in me. And it quickens to me. It says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. Hallelujah, praise God. It's, it's when things seem hopeless and, and I'm wondering, you know what has, you know what you know, there's voices trying to say, "You know what, God's forgotten you and no one ever cares about you that His word quickens Jeremiah 29/11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's times when, when, when things are in darkness and I have to remember His word, His word in us. That's what we're after. We want His Word in us today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want us to lift our hands right now. Hallelujah. And I want us just to begin to pray to Him right now. Can you just lift your hands and lift your voices right now? <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know where you're at in your walk with God right now. I don't know what next step you may be needing to take right now. I don't know what your week may have been like right now. Hallelujah. But can I tell you, Hallelujah, the same God, hallelujah, that was with John, hallelujah, that warded off those false teachers, that same God that was at work during those days back then. Hallelujah, praise God, his word is just as much alive, his spirit's just as much alive right now. Hallelujah, praise God. Praise God. And God sent this preacher from Texas just to tell somebody, He's not forgotten you. He knows exactly where you are. Hallelujah. He has the same power He has today as He did before, that He can still work miracles. Hallelujah. Praise God. He wants His Word to be in you. Hallelujah. Because He wants, He loves you. Hallelujah. He wants you to be with Him. So I'm going to open these altars right now. Hallelujah. Maybe your faith's been, been 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 shaken. Maybe things have happened. Hallelujah. That have tried to distract. That have tried to pull. Hallelujah. Today is a great day to be strengthened. To realize. Hallelujah. Devil, you have no hold on me. There is no power greater than our God's. Riararabo shikata yararabo shata bababa shata There's no one like my God There's no one like my God I want your word in my heart Riararabo shikata yararabo shata Hallelujah Hallelujah Riararabo shata bababa shata Thank you God for your word Thank you, God, for your word. When we're walking along and there seems to be so much, we can be quickened back to what David wrote in the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.